There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Welcome into episode 84 of Blue Jays Nation Radio. Tyler Remchuk and Cam Lewis with you. Does that beeping in the intro irritate you at all? Do you even notice it? No, I don't notice it. Wait, which beeping? Listen when, to the intro again. Happen? Listen to the intro again. Listen, it's like two seconds in. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio that. with Cam Lewis. There's just, there's a random little noise there right when the voiceover starts and it's just like beep, beep. And I don't no, know it why it's me, there. It gets me really charged up. Yeah, it's exciting, that, good, that good hard rock music. Yeah. I like that. Um, anyways, welcome to episode 84. I'm back after Coombsy and BK took the last episode. Um, I listened to the intro as I do because I know you love to shit on me when I don't make an episode of the pod. I wasn't even critical. I said I was worried about you. Dude, What's dude, wrong with that? Just everything you say is so sarcastic. That's everything I say in general sounds like that. I just sound like a, a, a difficult person to get along with. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll tie them together because the reason I couldn't make the last podcast is because I recently purchased a home and I had home stuff to do that night that just ran way later than I thought it would. Um, so home this stuff, home stuff like what? So I bought like an older home, right? So you need to like have a guy come check it out for asbestos and like do a bunch of other shit. And it's, it's a mess and we're gutting it. So like we've ripped out all the floors, all the shit, the bathrooms, like everything's getting ripped out. So my life is basically hell. Uh, any second I'm not working, I'm working on the house. Uh, but anyways, I won't complain too much. But what I will say, and this is how I'm tying it back to the Blue Jays, is I don't know if you know this, um, but it's fantastic. TSN Radio in Edmonton, TSN 1260, and Sportsnet in Toronto have an agreement to play Jays games on the radio in Edmonton. Really? Yeah, it's That's something nice. it's something my boy uh Matty Iwanek, the program director there, cooked up and he basically reached out to them and was like, There's no sports net in Edmonton, so there's no competition no. between us. We'll give you more listens for your advertisers, and we get people who want to tune in and listen to the Jays. So got to work on the house, listen to the Jays on the radio this weekend, which was awesome. Was it the simulcast of the TV or are they doing a a, a radio program? No, I get Ben Wagner. I haven't I haven't What's up? I get Ben Wagner. I get like the good oh, Jays nice. radio call. Right. Yeah. Cause there was so much backlash last year after they just simulcast at the TV broadcast. Listen to the TV broadcast without the TV is just terrible because yeah. they never really describe what's going on. I, it's a totally different like viewing or listening experience when they do that. But anyways, I got to listen to the games on the radio, which I thought was uh, super neat. Out in, the, out in the boondocks of Edmonton, Alberta, where they yeah. even just as recently as 10 years ago, didn't have the radio. 
Yeah, and now was, you can listen to a Toronto Blue Jays game in Edmonton, Alberta. Yeah, it's you incredible. just wait. You wait till Edmonton gets access to color TV, and oh, it's over for the rest of you. And then when they get the internet too, <laughs> wow! <laughs> All right. Uh, one of the things that was obviously exciting about this series against the Detroit Tigers was the debut of Gabriel Moreno and Coombsy. I want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, we'll get into the roster talk next, but just what did you think? Your first look, he's rocking 55. He got the hit. He came around to score in his debut. He threw a runner out, even though the runner didn't get out because Bobochette made an error. But still, I thought it was a pretty solid weekend for Moreno. I thought he looked a lot older than he actually is. This is a guy who was born in the 2000s, yeah, which is jarring to look at. But he's only 22 and he comes up and he looks like a veteran. Maybe part of that has to do with the fact it at times just looked like Russell Martin, number 55 with the M last name. Just a perfect fit. I, I, I love that he picked that number or had it picked for him or whatever happened. It's fantastic. But there was some like impressive at-bats where it seemed like he's not swinging at pitches that are bad. He's taking things that are close. And the in his second start, the Sunday game worked like a really impressive walk, fouling a bunch of pitches off. And then like his jump time when he, or his pop time they call it when he threw the runner out was just he was up in like half a second it was incredible i was really impressed with that walk he drew um again just listening to the broadcast they were obviously impressed with it but like that to me like the where he gets a hit comes around to score like that's cool um but for him to draw a walk against a guy you know i mean it's a good arm they're facing in detroit i know they got to him a little bit there but like that's just as impressive as getting a hit to me when you're a young hitter who can come up and show that like hey you have the patience you're not going to be overwhelmed like even though it's a middle of the year series in detroit and none of us are like super jacked up for these games like it's a big moment for him and he showed that he can kind of calm himself down i think that's a really important quality in a young hitter the most the most important thing i thought was the defense so that's ultimately what like he's not going to, I think it's unreasonable to assume a, a young catcher is going to come up and just hit the ground running and be amazing offensively. But what you saw was good defense. And, you know, in the, in the, in the situations where Jansen's hurt and they use Zach Collins, it's like, this is not what you want. You don't want Zach Collins catching a game. He's not very good defensively. Mourinho comes up and he's, he looks like a veteran. It's, 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 it's really quite impressive. He doesn't have that many games of professional experience at all. And he looks like he's been in the majors for years. So let's do this exercise. When slash if everyone is healthy, you have Mourinho, you have Kirk, you have Danny Jansen. Do you roll three catchers or what do you do? I don't know. That's hard. I think, I think for me, it comes down to uh, how well Mourinho is hitting. If he's hitting supremely well and you just, you can't rationalize sending him down, then I don't know, maybe you find a way to make all three work and you wind up DHing Kirk more, but I don't know if you really want to do that because his framing is so good and he seems to make the pitchers better when he catches. And the other thing to think about with both of them is now Jansen's been hurt twice this year and Kirk missed a good chunk of last year with an injury. Uh, I felt like he was out for more than half the season last year. So there's, you know, there's a history there. Um, that's kind of the one benefit of having the three guys on the roster is then you can, you know, Jansen starts a game, Kirk pinch hits, Mourinho comes in X, Y, and Z. It gives you more options. I mean, they did run with it right off the hop with a shittier catcher than, you know, what Mourinho is. So there's certainly a precedent for them to execute it, but I think it ultimately just comes down to, okay, is Mourinho hitting so well that we just can't validate sending him down? Yeah. And, uh, that you're right. Like, I think Mourinho does obviously control this to an extent. Like if he's not playing good and he looks overwhelmed and things like that, then yeah, it's an easy choice. Just send him down, go back to your two catcher rotation with, you know, potential all-star Alejandro Kirk and Danny Jansen, who's having a good year. But I just think like 
even from the perspective, and we always do this and we talk about it and then we forget that injuries and things like that exist. But like if all three of them are playing well, how do you fit them all in? How do you give them all the at bats and the reps they need? You just go one, two, three. <laughs> Everyone starts one game in a series. Everyone's DHing and just like a rotation. And then one of them's the backup. <laughs> That's how you do it. I, don't, I honestly have no idea. The three catcher thing is kind of bizarre. It is. I don't know if it's ideal roster composition, but well, the one thing I guess about Moreno is he could potentially play the infield. You can stash him at third base. I think maybe. Oh, I'd be nervous about that though. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a weird one. That's that's not something you'd really want to be doing. I don't think you want to be the blue Jays in September and you have a catcher who pretty much exclusively is a catcher playing an infield position. Yeah. And then what, like you're moving. I just think again, their infield so set right now. Like you're not moving Chapman to second to like play Mourinho. Like it just wouldn't make a ton of sense. Um, So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they have to handle it because that's going to be a storyline that like really doesn't, go away here it's a if, problem to have though. It, it oh my god a great problem to have like you're sitting there while some teams struggle to get like one catcher who can hit the jays have three and they're all under the age of 28 and it's like oh, oh damn god, we have too many of these like unicorns in our lineup yeah uh let's get into three up three down shout, first off shout out to our friends at doordash i didn't do that off the jump because me and you were too busy talking about ding dong. well my personal life uh yes ding dong promo code bjnpoddd gets you 25 percent off and no delivery fees uh let's start with game one and we'll yeah no let's start with the bats i want to start with the bats goomsy which player from this series was the most impressive which player if you could give a gold star like they would have in elementary school who would you give your gold star of the series to from the hitters Hmm, that's a tough one. I think I'm going to have to go with George Springer in the first game. He goes three for three and he just seemed to really light the offense up. But then Alan Kirk has another phenomenal series where he just looks like he's hitting literally everything. Boba Shad had a streak Very of hitting uh, two hits in a game. Uh, he has one of, God, my words are really bad on me right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boba Shad had a really good streak where he had like multiple hit games forever going on. So he was another one. Vladdy drills a home run. Uh, Gurriel's heating up. He's got like a 1,000 OPS in the month of June. Streaky Guriel, that's what he does. And then, I mean, geez, like Kevin Biggio, too. Even he's hitting. Everyone's hitting. I think it was uh, James and T.O. posted uh, the Blue Jays' weighted runs created plus since uh, the beginning of June. And everyone's over 100, except for Bradley Zimmer, obviously. He's at like 26. And the second worst guy was Vlad at like 120. And you have guys up at like 180, 190, and that kind of thing. Like they are just. They were cruising and it was shocking to see them get shut down in that second game because of it. Like they look just automatic at the plate in game one. And it was yeah. everyone. It's, it's the entire lineup. Like everyone looks dangerous. Even when, you know, a Tapia or whoever, Biggio, someone like that comes up at the bottom of the order, then you still, you still, you're at the point now where you're even expecting them to get his. Yeah, like Kevin Biggio is just, it's really surprising because we were all pretty much collectively as a fan base down on that yeah. guy a month ago. And now you look in his last seven games, his OBP's 538. He's batting 368. You look at just this series and he walks away from this thing in 10 at bats with two hits, three, or sorry, three hits and three walks. And it's like, damn, like he's putting together some really impressive at bats. And you mentioned the Vladdy thing. Like he still had a good series. He had five hits over the three games. Um, He needed to strike out three times, but when you can take a sample size of whatever it is in your season and Vladdy's like one of your worst hitters, I think you're doing fine. Oh, you're doing more than fine. So there's, there's, there's nothing to complain about right now. The juice ball is back and they are vibing with the ball. And that's what you love to see. Yeah. Um, yeah. The offense just awesome. That's our first up. Uh, the second one 
I'm going to, I'm going to switch it up a little bit here from what we were planning on doing. I'm just lumping Barrios and Stripling into one. I mean, it was great to see Jose Barrios put together a really solid start where he goes eight strong. He only gives up the one run. He strikes out five. He only walks one. Um, again, he had that bad start at the end of that would have been May against LA, but but he's bounced back with just a great start against the twins that we talked about a couple episodes ago. And then he does it again against Detroit where like the strikeouts weren't there like they were against Minnesota, but he looked in control of that game. Yeah. There was a period there where Barrios was really struggling and it was every single start, even when he was putting up good results, it seemed like the other team was hitting him hard and it was, it was almost lucky that he was escaping innings and his velocity was down and, you know, pitches didn't look like, like last year when he, when he came over after the trade, the pitches looked you know, they were flying. They looked tricky. His, uh, his pitches were moving all over the place. Fastball had some bite this year. It just looked like, I don't know, the velocity was down. The pitches didn't have the same movement, the same bite, but these last two starts, especially that one against Minnesota, he was just, it just looked unhittable. And then he carries into Detroit. So over the last two starts against teams that are familiar with him too, it's not like, you know, he's playing in an interleague game against a national league team that's never seen him. He's going up against the twins and the taggers, you know, teams that are really familiar with him. One team he used to play for and won the taggers. They would play like four or five times a year. And he goes and puts together 15 combined innings and scatters just three runs, strikes out 18 batters. So uh, this is another situation where it seemed like we were, very quick to be anxious and worried about somebody with a pretty good body of, of doing well. And it's not super surprising to see Barrios's bounce back. I'm just happy that there wasn't an injury or something like that. When he was struggling in May yeah. and the velocity was low, it was like, okay, is there a nagging injury or something going on here? And it seems that's not the case. Knock on wood. So seeing him bounce back is positive. That's for sure. And then the second part of this up is Ross Stripling, who over his last 11 innings as a starter has allowed two hits and no earned runs. I mean, this guy, it's I just he's been so good for them and whatever role they need, like as a mop up guy, he goes in, he does his job when they've asked him to come out of the to come out of the bullpen and start some games. He's done well. He does his job. And I almost feel for him in a way, because no matter how well he pitches, as soon as reuse healthy, which I know there's question marks around that, but as soon as reuse healthy, Stripling goes back to the bullpen, back to like his meaningless mop up role, right? And I'm not sure. I don't, I don't you're know. Not sold on that? Yeah, I'm not sure because I mean, it's not like he's just pitching okay. It's not like it was in April where it was like, okay, Ross Stripling's done three, four innings and allowed two runs, and this is this is fine. No, it's like now he's dominating and he looks unbelievably good. And I mean, okay, it's Kansas City, it's the Tigers, like. These are far from fantastic lineups, but you know, there's a pretty fair chance that Ryu's not going to pitch again this season. And wow. even if he does, then you can probably see like Ross Stripling operating in a piggyback role. Like if Ryu does come back, like let's be honest, he's probably going to be going through the order once, maybe twice. We're not going to be seeing Hyunjin Ryu. They're going to try and trot him out there for six, seven innings. There's just no way. So, I mean, even if he does come back, we'd likely see Stripling kind of be his piggyback guy. And I, I, I personally really doubt Ryu is coming back. Just when you look at the language around what's going on with him, elbow and forearm, second opinion, fifth opinion, 10th opinion from different doctors to see if it's okay. Can we figure out a way to like navigate this and not have you get Tommy John right now and maybe do it in the off season instead? Like, it seems like that's kind of the case. 
Uh, yeah. Um, there, this is the latest from Ben Nicholson Smith. He tweeted this earlier on Sunday. We're recording this Sunday evening. Um, Montoyo on Ryu, he's a ways away. I'm not saying he's done, just saying he's a ways away. I'm not even thinking about that right now. So if it is, um, you know, the end of the season for Ryu, or if Ryu's not coming back till September or whatever the hell happens there, um, the fact that Stripling comes through and does this for you is massive. And I think the conversation, if Stripling continues to pitch well, will get interesting. If you get to like, what's the talk like? Let's zoom ahead four weeks. It's mid July. Deadline's somewhat getting close here. Ryu's done. Stripling's pitching okay. Would you feel any sort of a need to go out and add another arm? Or would you be like, hey, no, Stripling can get us through this year in the rotation. Then the playoffs come, we run a four man rotation. Yeah, I mean, it comes down to what you say Kikuchi is doing as well. And I mean, that's why it's so key that Stripling's pitching well, because it looked at a time like, okay, the Blue Jays have a three-man rotation. It's Barrios, Gosman, Manoa. And even Barrios was a bit of a question mark because he was struggling. And we're like, okay, you know, Ryu's got the versatility issues. He's been getting lit up. He's clearly injured. And then Kikuchi's all over the grid. So the fact that Stripling's come in and filled one of those spots is fantastic. But if Kikuchi continues to be a roller coaster ride, then maybe you go out and get another depth arm because they were talking right now about the sixth guy. And right now it's Thomas Hatch. And I don't think you're at all excited about the idea of Thomas Hatch starting a game potentially in August or September. If heaven forbid, if your other arms gets injured or something happens, someone has to miss a start. You need a guy who's a double header and you have fucking Thomas Hatch going. I don't think that's really ideal. Like, I think we all know at this point that when Nate Pearson comes up, it's going to be, one, two, uh, maybe three innings, but it's obviously not going to be him starting. So I think come trade deadline time, depending on how Kikuchi is doing, if Stripling still rolling, I still think you should consider looking for a starter. We saw depth, you can never have yeah. too much, right? Like, and, and, and the guys in AAA are just, it's not, it's not a great bunch. Yeah. Um, that was our second up where the starts from Stripling and Barrios. The third up we have, um, I wanted to give a shout out to the bullpen just because we'd been kind of ragging on them a little bit the last <laughs> few shows, at least when I was here. And they went in three games against Detroit. They gave up one earned run. Like you got a clean inning from Garcia, clean, clean inning from or, uh, Thornton gave up a hit, but no runs. Romano comes in, bang, clean inning. You're good there. Tim Miza, two thirds of an inning, solid. Richards inning, solid. Gave up a walk, but that was it. Beasley and mop-up duty was fine. Like a, a good weekend from the bullpen. And hopefully that's a bit of a building block for them. Yeah, there you go. I mean, this is a that's a that's a nice positive. I mean, we haven't said anything good about the bullpen in yeah. forever. We've been so critical on them. Hey, Trent Thornton's got a uh 2.91 ERA. Are you ready to see him in some high leverage situations? No, um, but it's fantastic that he's doing this well. <laughs> it is. It's nice to see. Why not? Maybe that's uh, if, he struck uh, out two started. guys in his inning. Like fuck. Yeah, you never know. Maybe that's your uh, that's your 2016 Andrew Miller. I'm excited for when we get to inevitably start doing the who's this year's Jason Grilly talk. Who's the Jason Grilly they can go get? Um, what do you think about? I'm just throwing this out there because we saw him in action this weekend gregory soto left-handed arm good numbers yeah there's a there's a lot of relievers out there the jays could go after i mean i i yeah i don't know i i personally still feel a little shaky with jordan romano exclusively as the closer he's he's been really good but he also does seem to have periods where he his velocity dips and he's just wildly ineffective i feel like the jays really need to go out and get someone because the other guy right now is jimmy garcia and again he's pitched well but uh, I just don't love the idea of being at Yankee stadium in September in a game that very much so matters. And 
you know, one of those two guys is closing. I think you'd like to have another veteran arm who's dealt with those situations, whoever that winds up being. It's hard to tell just yeah. yet who's going to be selling and what that market looks like because the extra wild card things. Yeah. Uh, like I, I think I maybe have a little bit more faith in Romano than that. Like I, I would be fine with him in that situation. I think he's been really good. Um, but the idea of adding a left-handed arm, whether it's Soto or whoever to complement that Garcia Romano mix, I think would be that, that should be very close to priority. Number one for this team. Come I still think it's, it's lefty bat for me. Okay. Lefty contact bat. But that, that you should internally. Maybe, maybe Kevin Biggio is the answer. Maybe. Yeah. And maybe he is. Um, but I, if if you're getting to the deadline in this team, I mean, I know right now they're they're back of the Yankees because the Yankees just won't stop winning and it's irritating. Um, but if you're in the mix for one of these wildcard spots, which they will be, there's no reason why you shouldn't just be pedaled to the floor, right? Like you go get the lefty contact bat and the reliever, obviously. Yeah, of course. Like there's 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 no point in waiting. I mean, the Jays are the Jays are here to win now. They have all the guys healthy and going. Bo and Vlad aren't getting less expensive year by year. George Springer is not getting, you know, younger. Barrios, all of them, like uh, Gosman, they're not going to get younger. Alec Manoa is cheap right now as well. You have a lot of value in a lot of players on inexpensive deals. So go ahead and capitalize. And the farm system's deep there, you know, and they also have so much young talent on the roster too. So I don't think you're that scared to go ahead and trade literally whatever prospect to get whatever you need to win. Yeah. Because they missed out last year. They need to get in this year. And not just get in and lose in three games in the play-in round to Houston or whatever the fuck. They need to get in and go deep. Yeah. Like we always forget. Like it seems like they made the playoffs last year, but they didn't. And, so, and again, again, this year would be, be would be a terrible failure. This is a bigger picture conversation, but I I feel comfortable saying last year I would have been very happy getting in. And if you lost round one, I wouldn't have cared. Yeah. This year I'll be disappointed if they get in and lose in round one. I'll be mildly. I think, I think I'll be disappointed if they're not in the ALCS. Yeah, I think anything shy of the ALCS would be disappointing. Yeah. The, we, you know, we came into the season being like the Jays are the best team in the American League on paper. Yeah, it seems now the Yankees are that team, but there's no reason the Jays can't be the number two team and reach the ALCS and face the Yankees, whatever it is. Uh, I think the the site should be aimed that high, undoubtedly. Mm-hmm. And if it means acquiring a contact bat and a starter and two relievers, and that means trading damn near every single prospect, except for, you know, you pick a couple of guys you don't want to get rid of, pick one position player, one arm and hold on to them and trade everybody else. Fuck it. Like they, they restock the prospects very quickly. And the other thing is this year's, this summer's draft, they have multiple draft picks from Robbie Ray and Marcus Semyon. Mm-hmm. So you can't be terrified to, go and pull the trigger on deals. You're going to replenish your cupboards pretty well this summer. It's a great point. Uh, Let's move into the down part of this segment and really like not a ton to complain about in this one, but in that second game, the fact that they held the tigers to three, they were facing a guy whose name I barely even know and who had been coming off a couple of, or I mean, he has had some rough starts throughout the season. He's got a 4.34 ERA. Why couldn't they hit a 24 year old in on, in the second game? Like that was weird. Yeah, it was the same thing in Kansas City when they couldn't hit. Um, it was Brady Singer, I think, in the third game. And these are, I mean, Brady Singer is a bit of a better army as a, a former first round draft pick, higher upside player. But there's been a lot of instances this season, even since the um, the ball seems to have been reduced. There's, there's instances where the Jays just get shut down by these terrible pitch to contact, no strikeout, junk ball arms. And I feel like that's been a thing forever. Like even back in 2015, when the team was hitting everything, they would they would go up against some weird clunky arm that threw like slap, and they just couldn't hit it. I have no idea why. 
it, it boggles my mind. Yeah. So but, we're just going to give all three of the downs to that second yeah, game because I mean, there's nothing else to bitch about. There's not much to complain about. Like, I don't know. It was fine. Like, it wasn't amazing. It's also the funny thing is, is um, I felt a lot more sour in the Kansas City series because they lost the last game, even though they had the exact same result, two and one. But like winning the last game yeah. optics wise makes it feel so different, but it's the exact same series. Like pumped them in one game, beat them handily in another game and then lose this sleeper. It's like the same series back to back, but the Kansas city one felt so much worse. When, when the so loss is sandwiched in between two easy, massive wins, like who cares? Like, yeah. yeah, whatever. Fuck it. But that loss against Kansas city and the finale against Singer Ugh. just felt like, I swear that was like the worst game this season. Yeah. That sucked. That was annoying. That was brutal. So uh, let's take a look ahead, courtesy of our friends at Points Bet Canada. They are live in Ontario. We got links going out on our social if you are interested. If that is your sort of thing, it is my sort of thing. I bet on Vladdy to hit a dinger today. Um, anywho, yeah. you get uh, you get Baltimore rolling in. We said at the beginning of this run against bad teams that we wanted to see them go eight and two. Uh, they need to win four against Baltimore to have that happen. That I I actually don't mind the odds of that happening. It's never a guarantee, but if the Jays are going to pull off a four-game sweep in a situation, it's going to be when they are at home hosting the Baltimore Orioles. And you're going like, Manoa, Kikuchi, Barrios, Gosman. Yeah, like you don't you don't love Kikuchi there. You, <laughs> that's your that's your number I five, know, and yeah. Strickland's your number four. So, but you do have your best three starters going. Uh, I will say though, to Baltimore's credit, like they are better this year than in years past. Like their, their pitching still obviously a mess largely because John means is, I think he's out for the entire season. I think he's had Tommy John, but I can't remember. He's on the 60 day injury list right now. Their starting pitching is terrible, but the relief pitching is not that bad. They have a pretty good like back end of their bullpen. Their offense is actually decent too. Despite the fact that super prospect Adley Rushman is not hitting at all. He has a yep. 190 batting average dropped him from my but, fantasy team. You did? Yeah. You gave up? You can pick up Gabe Moreno instead? I should. It's not a keeper league, so I had no problem dropping Rutschman, so no one okay, called me stupid. But yeah, the, the Orioles score some runs, so maybe they'll bullshit their way to a win, but no, it's all crap pitchers. The Jays, we've been talking about, okay, fine, eventually they're going to play Baltimore, they're going to pick up wins. Well, here it is. They got to go ahead and do it. I think the Yankees are like, they played the Orioles 13 times this year already and are nine and four. So at the very least, you have to match what the Yankees are doing with the O's. Yeah. And I mean, you put yourself in a good spot if you don't just match what the Yankees are doing against the O's and you actually go out and uh, and you actually go out and beat what the Yankees are doing to the O's. Like you're going to gain ground on them. And right now you need to start gaining some ground on the New York Yankees. Quickly, you talked about the bad starting pitching. I'm going to go ahead and rattle off the ERAs of the guys the Jays are facing this week. Uh, first game, 6.45. Second game, you got... It just disappeared from me. Where is it? 4.97. Third game, 5.52. And in the series finale, you're going to get 3.86. So the best arm of the bunch, it's Tyler Wells, the uh, 27-year-old, six foot eight. Can you imagine having to face a guy who's six foot eight? Remember when John Roush played for the Blue Jays? He was six foot 10. Remember that? Uh, I was nuts looking. He looked like the Hulk. Yeah, actually, I do. That would have been what year would that have been? Two thousand eight or nine? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Something like that. Uh, anyways, I'm, I'm expecting a sweep, and we're gonna sit here on Thursday and crack beers and enjoy the fact that the Jays ran over the Orioles. Hopefully, 
Right? Yeah, we agree that anything less than a sweep would be disappointing. I mean, if it's three wins that are all like 12 nothing, and then they drop one like 3-2, then like whatever. I mean, I'll be fine with three of four. I just won't be like thrilled about three of four, you know? Yeah, like if the situation is they won three of the four and they lost the Kikuchi game, he wasn't very good again, then yeah. well, that's the narrative as all oh, one guy is dragging him down but yeah. if they go and lose I, i'll be pretty pissed off if they go and lose one either the gosman or the manoa start yeah you don't expect those two to get beat by the orioles that would suck and the other thing here this week which is really really interesting in terms of the standings yankees and rays are going head to head and that that's means, interesting like honestly i think regardless you're you're cheering for a sweep if the Yankees can sweep the Rays and you can sweep the Orioles, then perfect. The Rays are all of a sudden a little bit more in your rear view mirror. That's fine. If the Rays can sweep the Yankees and you can sweep the Orioles, then all of a sudden you're only five games back at the end of this series. Yeah, I think I'm honestly at the point where I'm not paying a haul that much attention to where the Yankees are at. I think if you're the Jays, you just want to finish ahead of Tampa and Boston. God, you're so really pessimistic. But the eight and a half games up. How many were they up on, on the Jays in 2015? I don't know. Let's go look. The they were, yeah, I guess that's true. Like Come it on. is possible, but the Yankees that that the 2015 Yankees weren't very good though. Like this looks like the best Yankees team ever. It's insane. Like they've I don't know what they've done or what, they what they've got going on or if they figured out some kind of cheating. I don't know what it is, but okay. The the furthest they were back ever in 2015 was six. Okay. All right. No, sorry, that's not accurate. The furthest they were ahead was six. They were eight games. Yeah, back see, damn it, I that. knew it. You're right. When they <laughs> when they played the Phillies in that two game set, the two low debut, they lost. Yeah, the first game of the two game series to be fifty and fifty one on the season, and they were eight games back. So you're right. I'll I'll, I'll concede. The Jays can still catch the Yankees. Yes, if they acquire Troy Tulowitzki at the trade deadline. Who is this year's Troy Tulowitzki? We will find out. Um, Coombsy, this was good. Uh, the Jays, it was it was an all right trip. You know, they they fun. they did the bare minimum to make it a successful trip. And honestly, I kind of respect that. Uh, you enjoy the week, and we will chat on Thursday to recap Jays and O's. Best wishes. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.